The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So before we start the show, we do a little setup to get things ready. And one of them is we're using an app called Audio Hijack to capture the audio and mix it from Skype to my mic mixer. And it has a feature where it learns the noise by sampling it for three seconds. And I was thinking as it was learning the noise, gee, maybe it will silence me, but I'm still here. We had to make a last minute change on this show. This happens sometimes where we book a guest and something happens. Sometimes they chicken out. I think there was a guest sometime back and I'll leave it up to Tim Swartz to mention the name. They woke up one day and realized that the show is two hours plus ads And that was too much for them. Hmm. So they bailed. (laughs) I'm not going to I'm not going to say names. Maybe someday we'll have them back on. But uh, I won't uh, I won't embarrass them publicly. We do put people through a good workout here. We had planned to have Tanya Derenberger, the daughter of Woodrow Derenberger, who was a flying saucer contactee of the 50s and 60s. And normally we don't care too much about the early contactees or their relatives. But in this case, John Keel took the guy seriously, right, Tim? Yeah, I think to a certain extent. Of course, Keel then got fooled by somebody later on who claimed to have also been in contact with people from Lanolos. And Keel, for whatever reason, fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And, and then later the guy came out and, you know, revealed that uh, nah, he was just pulling everybody's leg. So you just, you just can't tell. Well, it's interesting here that somebody will admit they pulled somebody's leg. That doesn't happen very often, guys, does it? We also have Kurt Collins joining us. And what this means is this is going to be a special roundtable episode. By the way, I was going to ask you, Kurt, had you heard much about Derenberger in your travels? Well, just a little bit. There were some other contactees of the period. I'm more familiar with Carol Wayne Watts, and and John Keel wrote some about him. His was very controversial. I've talked about him a little bit before on the show, but he claimed to have been abducted by Martians. And at the suggestion of of Dr. J. Allen Hynek, he took a lie detector test and failed it. But then he claimed that 
the men in black had forced him to fail the test. Now, John Keel believed that part of the story that, you know, because he was all about the men in black. So he thought that it was a sinister plot and that they had defamed this witness where really the man was just exposed and came up with the best story to save face that he could. You know, we had the controversy over the Travis Walton lie detector tests. There are some people that will say that um, that a polygraph machine is nothing but pseudoscience. Uh, you know, it does apply pressure on the witness. It's in a way, it's sort of like a nervousness detector. So they're not, you know, that's not admissible in court. But interestingly enough, you know, law enforcement uses them to vet personnel and interview people. Law enforcement uses polygraph to to vet their own. Uh, applicants and, and to interview witnesses and things like that. But it's it's not uh, supported by in court of law. It's not admissible. And, you know, it's really I, I don't think it's much better than hypnotism as far as investigating UFOs and the truth behind the stories. Yeah, I wonder anymore if uh, if the cops are using lie detectors because not because because they think that they work, but because they convinced the person undergoing the process that they work, hoping that maybe they'll give in and confess. That's right. I, I think that's that's right. Um, but so that's um, something else that they've come along recently, and, and I'm not sure if this is more more accurate. And I say recently, I mean in the past few decades. There's this voice stress test, and people want to use that to. They, you can use it on a recording, and I don't know who all they've tried, but you could use that on the recordings of you know, whatever from presidents to officials, anyone that that's been taped, and supposedly it's fairly reliable, but. Um, you know, I, I wonder there, too. I mean, you know, even when you watch someone on camera, um, sometimes the uh, interviewer is a jerk and the person it affects the person that's being interviewed. And they may seem defensive in the way they answer questions and things like that. And you don't necessarily see who's on the other side of the camera and the pressure that they might be under. You know, it might not used to be the lights and everything. So, you know, we have to keep that in mind when we're evaluating the truthfulness of, of someone that's under the microscope like that. But it sure looks great on television, on these law and order procedurals. And they'll say, honestly, it's not admissible, but they'll still use it to freak out the suspect. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of there's always been a lot of uh, importance put on witness testimony, you know, which is basically just a story. And some people can tell a truthful story so badly it can't be, you know, it's not believed just because of, of their nervousness. And then on the other hand, you've got their pathological liars. It can just, you know, they could tell you about a, a Mars abduction that that had never happened and, and be so convincing about it. And you, you know, with their body language and and the, their expressions just make you believe that, you know, something so traumatic happened to them. Of course, they may believe they may believe it themselves. That's true. That's true. Some of them and some of them may come to to feel it by rep repetition. So. Well, if you tell the lie year after year, the lie gets better. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you um, 
there have been some UFO incidents, incidents that um, started off as pranks. And then the police got involved and other people, and it became so big, the people had to stick to their story. And they had a, you know, these are not the, the people that are going to ever tend to confess it. You know, there's some of the minor cases that someone years later may say, oh, yeah, I, you know, that was a story I made up or I set off this um, hot air balloon or something like that. Um, you know, but there's the, the amount of confessions are relatively small, you know, but and so it, it does cast doubt on on some of the other events. But, you know, we, we always have to wonder, you know, which what famous cases may have been a um, an act. Well, there's also the theory that sometimes a contactee, an experiencer will make up something to explain something that happened to them. But because they don't expect to be believed, they'll say, well, someone from Ganymede did it or something, or from Zeta Reticuli. It might be something like that, because the real experience was something they couldn't understand, couldn't explain, or was so minor that nobody would care otherwise. Well, that's right. And, you know, there's, they, they package it to what people are already familiar with and expect. So, you know, their claims that some of the some of the famous people like uh, George Adamski or, or Billy Meyer, maybe they had a genuine experience, but they felt like they had to sell it by making it bigger and better and continuing to present evidence. Uh, I'm not sure I give them that much credit, but, you know, there are people that, that feel that there was something at the root of, of their stories. Well, our old friend Jim Mosley quoted someone early on in his 1957 Adamski expose issue saying that Adamski told them, sometimes you have to go through the back door to get the truth out, which I would guess I would take as a confession. It's just too bad that Jim's issue only reached possibly a few hundred people, maybe more now that it's available online. And of course, we reference it in the jimmosley.com website that you've been running. Kurt Collins, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz doing a special, very special roundtable. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. 
Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, these days, you can't stop talking about UFOs or UAPs. They're everywhere, but these aren't quite the UFOs that we know about these are something lesser kurt well i think that's true and you know for, to, to start off i've complained before about the term uap unidentified aerial phenomena being used for ufos these days and that's okay if you require what's seen to be phenomenal or anomalous in some way but these recent events are basically they're not performing in an extraordinary way in fact they're floating in the air like a balloon they're being shot down by a plane and falling like a balloon so that's just not that's lacking the classic 
extraordinary performance. These right angle turns and gravity defying behavior and incredible speed that really put UFOs in the map uh, to begin with. Tim? I'm I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Kirk cut out on me at that at that last part there, so I catch what uh, uh, what his finishing sentence was. <laughs> oh, I was saying that the lack of phenomenal behavior is what got us interested in UFOs. It's not simply unidentified aircraft, which is what we're talking about mostly with these recent events. You know, it seems obvious to me that right now. Everyone trying to identify these balloons and calling them UFOs or UAPs, I think it's a deliberate attempt to uh, uh, whitewash everything once again. You know, uh, From now on, anybody that sees anything, oh, well, that's just a balloon. Oh, that's a Chinese balloon, that sort of thing. It may be, and it, it you know, I wonder, too, if by not making a distinction, if it helps with the military budget and support for these programs, because, uh, you know, we have to be on guard against whoever, you know, from space, the, the domestic enemies. And uh, in following on that, it's interesting how this recent UFO events, as they've been termed, has become such a political issue. You have statements from the White House. Uh, and and a lot of politicians are involved. And of course, some of them are criticizing the handling of the president, the, the delay in shooting down the Chinese balloon. But it's it's really put the conversation on the news, and we've at least got that going for us. I think this the the whole attention right now with the the the, the Chinese balloon I, it, it is probably a lot of political posturing, you know, because these balloons this isn't the first time that these balloons have has have crossed over the United States, and nobody paid any attention to them. Of course, the the earlier excuses were, oh well, you know, they were mistaken for for UAPs, and and now. Once the word got out that the one had uh, come over and was hanging out over, was it uh, Montana? You know, then then all of a sudden everybody's all up in arms. Oh my God! You got to you know you got to shoot it down. You got to shoot it down. There was a book some years back by Frank Ficino, I believe, and Stan Friedman wrote the intro. And I know we covered it on the Powercast. This is decades ago, as you will probably remember. Kurt, but this was about the posture that in the early days of chasing after UFOs, our government had no hesitation about possibly shooting them down. That's right. It, it's, it, so, you know, if you follow UFOs long enough, you get into reruns. So what happened was, mm-hmm. and after that, the 1952 events in Washington, D.C., which, you know, w- was like 90% on radar, although some people did see some lights in the sky. There, and It was over Washington, and they said, hey, how can our nation's capital be invaded and unprotected? Well, partly in response to that, and partly because it was a Cold War and you didn't want enemies bothering us, there was an order that uh, if there was an unidentified aircraft that refused to uh, return hail and identify themselves, the order was given to shoot them down. And in the climate of the day, particularly in the UFO world, they said that 
the order's been given to shoot down UFOs. You know, it's not quite the same thing. And uh, so that's where the headlines came down about shooting UFOs and, and ultimately the, the book and titled the book. And it seems like we're right back there today. <laughs> it seems like that uh, um, the, 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 the current, and I'll put this on quotation, quotation marks, you know, UFO shoot downs. These things are a lot easier to shoot down when, than the uh, uh, traditional UFOs that uh, that we grew up with, which makes me suspect that we're dealing with probably actually weather balloons. <laughs> well, that's yeah, I think so. And you know, the in in the one uh, instance where they said it was an octagonal octagonal um, shape, although the you know, it was so it was so small. It was they compared it to the like a, a smaller than a car, and they, they really couldn't see it until they were almost right up on it and were afraid they'd run into it. And so it was hard to to target and to um, and, and I think two. I'm not sure if this was the incident, but one they they said that the Sidewinder missile missiles were unarmed. They were just using them basically as a big pin, and they fired off two and. These things are like what is it, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a piece, and and if it was really was just like somebody's research balloon, that's just uh, that's a lot of government dollars gone to waste on that. Well, it's certainly better than buying toilet tissue or toilet seats with it. <laughs> yeah, or or giving the money to Bob Bigelow. So one thing that's maybe good can come out of this. I don't think right now there's a lot of confusion and arguing and political posturing and everything, but they're, um, they're tuning their sensors to detect what's up there. More people are actually looking. There's a lot of excitement. It may die down, but let's hope something stays out of this. And so, so Gene, there was a, there was a statement by Marco Rubio. Do you have his response to the, what the, what the, uh, the white house said they were going to do? Let me look right here. Now, I should point out Senator Marco Rubio is a Republican from Florida. If we go back in history, back in 2016, he was little Marco Rubio, I guess because he was short, that was in the parlance of Donald Trump when he was running for president. If you remember the debates where they had 16 candidates, which has got to be outrageous. We're not getting into the politics there, although partly you kind of sort of have to. Because you're dealing here with politicians making a name for themselves as being interested in UFOs. And I will read you the comment which you gave us, Kurt. Why is the White House creating a new interagency team to monitor, investigate, and report on unidentified aerial objects when we already have DOD, AARO, which we helped create two years ago. The White House has not deemed to comment on it yet. We've got Kurt, we've got Gene, we've got Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? Every day we're thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality we're all about to face. 
Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. You can trust my Patriot Supply. Our emergency food kits come packed with tasty meals, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to government food lines. Time is running out. Become ungovernable. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save on dozens of different emergency food kits while you can. These kits are in stock, ship fast, and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com This is a USA News update. Former President Jimmy Carter is out of the hospital and back in his Georgia home, but officials at his foundation, the Carter Center, say he's receiving hospice care and spending time with family rather than continuing with medical intervention. The 98-year-old said last summer he was battling melanoma that had spread to his liver and his brain. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is concerned China may provide Russia with lethal assistance in its war with Ukraine. Blinken met with top Chinese diplomat Wang Yi Saturday on the sidelines of a security conference in Munich. North Korea launched a missile into the Sea of Japan Saturday, and the U.S. condemned the move as a flagrant violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions. No damage was reported. This is Karen Sloan, USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, this is James Fox. 
director of the phenomenon and moment of contact, you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So maybe Senator Marco Rubio is jealous that the White House wants to get into the act? Well, that could be. But, you know, he does ask a valid question. If we have this AARO arrow as investigating UFO reports and unidentified objects and, and from some of the files they've released, you know, they have determined some of them are balloons. So they're dealing with this sort of thing already. So why, in response to this recent wave, do they need to create something else? The only valid reason I can think of is maybe that the the, uh, the arrow mandate does not include firepower. So maybe they need someone else to give the authority to, to go follow and shoot them down. Or is arrow just a toothless modern blue book that's a publicity, you know, publicity front? Yes, exactly. See, that's that's the first thing that came to my mind, that it's it's a, you know, a, a program with no teeth to it. And because of the recent incidents, they had to uh, act for something that would actually uh, do something or I don't know what they what they can do. But, you know, maybe has some teeth to it. So one thing about Arrow is that it's led by um, it's led by a scientist. I suppose they don't want the scientists given the military power. I I don't know. It's they must not have thought this through when when they were putting this together. And because someone should have realized that there had to be a, the potential for military action if they actually found something interesting. Well, the to me the the interesting thing. Or one of the interesting thing about you know the 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 whole Chinese balloon <laughs> uh, kerfuffle is that as soon as the media got a hold of it, then you you know you had uh, political pundits immediately demanding you know why haven't we shot it down you know we're we're looking weak but you know nobody has mentioned the fact that uh, uh, this balloon is easily monitored. If it has uh, radio transmitters sending information back to their source, which you know, allegedly was China, we can monitor that. And, I mean, that's that's a lot of really good information. So, you know, nobody's mentioned, you know, the fact that uh, we can gain just as much information from that balloon as the, uh, as the people who originally launched it. One interesting thing about it, you know, there were, there were at least – four UFO reports generated before things really became public knowledge. You know, there was, you know, from uh, Canada and um, the, the the West Coast. And there was one there was one video where you hear someone saying, you know, is that a UFO? And and but in the written descriptions that were submitted to, to New Fork and the people did a pretty good job of describing what they saw. I think one of them, you know, got a telescope and looked at it and, you know, the movements and there was no fantasy or embellishment. So, you know, I was kind of proud of the UFO witnesses in that regard that, um, you know, if they saw something, maybe we can count on to describe it accurately. Um, and, you know, now whether or not they they thought that it was something from space or anything they, if they thought so they didn't put it into the description so i think they gave an honest and, and accurate account but it does go to show that 
that uh, UFO reports have some witnesses and they're not all made by crackpots. So, you know, I think that's something that with some value and it, it probably requires further examination. You know, maybe some of these other things have been seen, too, and they just have been ignored because it never made the, uh, the national media. Well, the only reason we're paying attention to it now is that the second, third, and fourth object were referred to as UAPs or UFOs. If they just said, well, it's just three more balloons, no big deal. Had they not used UAP, UFO, nobody would be talking about it. That and the fact that they don't know what these three are, um, and everyone has thought all along that our military assets have this incredible ability to detect and identify things. And we're finding out that maybe that's been oversold because they, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about now the most recent uh, position by the, the White House is that these are probably some stray research balloons that didn't carry identification like a plane does or something like that you know maybe not even stray it's just that they were you know two of them were in uh, commercial airspace and they considered them a potential danger to, to aircraft so they shot them down but yeah so if if, if we're actually going to get serious is in the u.s hunting uh ufos and eliminate eliminating balloons and things like that there needs to be the the sensor data to give the operator the information before pulling that fire button. They can also fire on the wrong thing from the wrong country, and that can cause problems. But then again, they are infringing on our airspace. That's right. And in the case of research balloons, these probably weren't anything sinister. Um, But... And I, I'm not sure what one of those costs is probably cheaper than a sidewinder, but it could be a substantial cost to a, an independent researcher that, uh, you know, even if it costs a thousand bucks, that could be, uh, you know, that could be a, b- a big chunk out of a, a working man's budget. So um, it, it, it's catastrophic to them, uh, insignificant to the nation. But, uh, yeah, it's just you just you just don't want to. Yeah, I'm sure that they made, you know, in the case of some of these, probably all of these, they had cleared the airspace before they engaged the target. But still, that's, uh, I mean, you go back how many ever decades you want, how many times have, have uh, U.S. warplanes fired over civilian territory? It's extraordinary. Which makes me think that uh, that excuse, oh, well, we don't want to shoot this balloon down, you know, uh, over the continental United States because it may fall and, uh, you know, hurt a cow or something, goes back to what I had said uh, earlier that the balloon was actually, you know, uh, an information asset, you know, for the U.S. intelligence services, and they were taking advantage of it as, as much as they could, you know. Uh, until somebody said, ah, we need to shoot this thing down. It's looking, making us look bad. With the first balloon, there was a certain level of sensitivity, as we might imagine, that 
There were complaints we should have fired on it sooner. The response, of course, was that it would have possibly dropped debris over land, over people, over facilities or something. They couldn't do it safely until it was over into the waters. I'm not going to get into that. That's a military decision, and I'm not in the military, and I don't make military decisions. But that sensitivity and the arguments about when it was the right time to destroy the Chinese balloon was certainly had impacted the subsequent objects. Otherwise, we wouldn't hear from it. Or maybe they're using it as a means to debunk UFOs. And the reason I say that is practically every other day now I'm hearing Neil deGrasse Tyson appear on a cable TV news show, and he basically gives the same argument. He says, well, right now we have crowdsourcing. Everybody has a phone. They have good cameras. They could take a picture of something in the sky. He forgets, of course, that if you take a picture of a distant object, it looks just like a light in the sky. It may have all sorts of maneuvering capabilities, but it's very unlikely that's going to be captured on a smartphone camera. And even if it is, you know, you've, does it have optical stabilization for a fast-moving object? He's giving you the simplistic answer and the excuse. No more excuses, though. We've got Kurt and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. 
You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. So a special last-minute deal here. We're doing one of our famed roundtables here on the Paracast where we discuss the issues of the day, which you don't always have a chance to cover with other guests, with Kurt Collins and Tim Swartz. Anyone have a comment about people like Tyson using it as an excuse to debunk UFOs? Well, I'll, I'll jump in first. Um, the, the problem with uh, with a lot of skeptics, not all of them, but you know, Tyson, for example, he really seems to have a, a shallow knowledge of, of, of UFOs history. And uh, some of them, like Michael Shermer, they paint all the people interested in ufology with the same brush. They, they don't allow for a scientific investigator that's interested in UFOs. They think everyone is, is talking about aliens and anal probes and, you know, their new age crystal experiences. And that's part of the spectrum, unfortunately, a large part. But there, there are people like, well, you've got the people like the, from the, the SCU, the Scientific coalition for uap studies they tend to be a little more serious and are using the scientific method they're not always perfect but you know i think they're making an honest attempt and you know to just to think that everyone is just 
everyone that sees a UFO is a, a chicken little that is seeing an alien spaceship is an unfair characterization. So, you know, that that's my feeling on him and the way he approaches the topic. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah, I mean, I I I agree with that. I mean, it's uh, they they paint everybody as being UFO believers, and you know, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you've probably got asked that same question below, you know, before when somebody finds out your interest, they'll, you know, they'll be like, oh, so you believe in UFOs. And it's just like, well, no, that's the wrong question. <laughs> that's yeah, you know, they it, it it really is. And and going back to what uh, he was saying about uh, cell phones, I mean, there's no way that uh, the the current cell phones can take nearly as good pictures as uh, you know a, a good SLR camera, you know, with a, with a decent lens. I mean, you know, people pictures of UFOs all the time and the majority of the time is just like a little blip or blip in the sky in other words you don't know what the thing is if it engaged in a complicated set of maneuvers it's very unlikely the smartphone will capture it plus the person who sees something has to remember at the spur of the moment to pull out their phone wherever they are and point it at the right thing maybe make a few adjustments to zoom the picture, something like that. And you're asking people to really, really take a huge lift there. Not to insult people, of course. It's just that we're all the same. We see something that startles us. It takes a little bit of time sometimes to get our bearings and do something logical. So Tyson is not being logical. Well, I think all your listeners should should just practice. Go outside and if an airplane flies by, pull out your phone, see if you can get it out in time, and what quality picture you can get, post it on the Paracast. I think that would be an interesting exercise. So, you know, one thing that, that people forget, and, you know, I'm, I'm not an aeronautic engineer and, and really haven't studied too much about uh, the world around us. You know, I'm deficient in that area. But you, you have to realize that the flight, I mean, the altitude of some of these objects, uh, the, uh, the balloon was really only photographed clearly through a telescope. And, you know, the best shots of it that were, you could see anything. So a cell phone wasn't going to capture anything, you know, more than a dot if it even showed up against the, the daylight sky. So the normal operating range of uh, aircraft is whatever in the 20,000 foot range. You know, you're not going to get a good picture of a, of a jet high in the sky uh, and, you know, not enough of a, a description to to probably for the average person to be able to distinguish what, you know, between, you know, what type of jet it was, you know. So the the distances involved are, are challenging to the human eye, you know, and the, the cell phone is, is geared towards making a, a oh, you know, it, a picture of your friends 20 feet away at the most you know it's not a scientific instrument uh and you know we're asking a lot of it but you know it, there's I, I do agree with uh, neil degrasse tyson that there should be some better pictures if uh we are routinely overflown by uh alien craft and you know if you want to go further that they have bases beneath the ocean and and underground bases and that you know that that we are 
basically infested with alien ships. We should have lots of pictures of them now. My personal uh, belief on that is that, that if such a thing, any fraction of it is true, it's a very rare event. And probably, you know, the vast majority are mistakes and exaggerations. And there may be some precious few that are at the, at the heart of it, but it's very rare. Well, I think that it's rather misleading to lump this in with UFOs, UAPs, or as APRO called them, UAOs. Remember that, Kurt? <laughs> That's right. Aerial Phenomena Research Organization, and they used to, and it's interesting, the UAP language, because, the, you know, even the Air Force called their office the Aerial Phenomenon Division. So, you know, this UAP language is not so new. And then again, you had the uh, NICAP and the AP and that, the National, uh, what was it, Investigative Committee on Aerial Phenomenon. Investigations so, Committee on yeah. Aerial Phenomenon. But actually, right. there was a famous sci-fi UFO personality known in the 40s and 50s, particularly some of the 60s, who wrote an article about NICAP's behavior with several teen ufologists of the period entitled, <laughs> No Investigations Can Actually Proceed. <laughs> now, do you know the people who were involved in that story? It was some scoundrels. So, let's see. On one side, you had uh, Richard Hall, who was a... Um, very uh, rigid uh, person, and NICAP in general had this attitude that, you know, they didn't want any foolishness about UFOs and certainly didn't want to talk about the occupants and landings and space people. And then on the other side, I believe there was a young uh, Eugene Steinberg. Yeah, some young guy from Brooklyn, New York, and then there was Alan Greenfield, and then a guy named Marty Salkind, who was somebody I grew up with. So he came with me to Washington, D.C. And we had a very nice meeting with Major Kehoe, the head of NICAP, who was seldom in the office, as you know, Kurt. We had a nice meeting with him near his home in Luray, Virginia, not in the caverns, in some kind of diner or hotel dining room or something like that. And we had a pleasant conversation. seemed like a nice guy. And then the next day, Richard Hall looks at me and says... You're not welcome here. So what did we do? I called Ray Palmer because I started a little conversation with him when I interviewed him at his home in Amherst, Wisconsin. And he wrote that article, which I actually still have the issue of Flying Saucers magazine with the article, No Investigations Can Actually Proceed. <laughs> oh, boy. So NICAP was, a, was an interesting organization. Um, so they had... Some people's research are looking at, at all the people that had government ties. You know, was it because it was in Washington and these people were close to it and they were interested? Or, as the critics are claiming, was it infiltrated by the government, controlled by the government, and ultimately uh, shut down to, uh, because it was just, uh, it was made to be a front? Uh, I, I think it was probably just um, poorly funded and directed. I think they had some talent involved. I think they could have done really great things, but, um, you know, unfortunately, ufologists are not very good managers, and I think that was a big part of the problem. Now, of course, our friend Alan Greenfield last week 
pointed out that the first head of the CIA, Hillencotter, was on the board of directors of NICAP. Of course, he forgets that I suspect one of the reasons was not to make it look like an obvious front, but because he was a classmate of Major Keogh. That would have been a real, a real important reason there. And he also seemed to have a genuine interest in UFOs. But because of people like him, military figures in general, with the NICAP board, it was understandable to consider it some kind of front. But once again, I would think, if you want to have a front, why would you make it so obvious that everybody would realize? Tim, Kurt, and Jean, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call one 877 928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extend Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, guys, what do you think about NICAP? Do you think, as I said, it was too obvious? I wonder what's, you know, it's not a secret, but, it, you know, it's been so long ago that, that people tend to forget. NICAP was originally put together by the people that they came to despise. It was it was the uh, T. Townsend Brown and Clara John and the people who were really kind of, they were more in the Adamski camp. 
and it was only after the uh, you know a year or so when they chose uh, Donald Kehoe as director, and he basically uh, ran those kind of people out. And you know, some like uh, I think, uh, oh, who was it? Daniel Fry was a founding member, and they revoked his membership because they didn't want contactees to have any association with it. They remade NICAP in Donald Kehoe's image. And, you know, his approach is very similar to the, the, the what Leslie Kane has been doing for the past few years, where you know, he's focusing on sites by credible pilots and, uh, you know, is not going into the Skinwalker Ranch side of things. And, you know, the, 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 uh, the ATIP story was very much packaged in the keyhole mold that, you know, these are military incidents. You know, we have these great reports and, and all the fringe stuff was, was ignored. And there's, there's a lot of fringe history there. So it seems to work. You know, it got the attention of both, both politicians and, and the press could accept that. You know, you leave, you leave Bigfoot and werewolves out of the story and, you know, it, it seems a lot more scientific. Unfortunately, though, it, it just seems like the, the phenomena, or maybe it's the people associated, you know, with it. It's, it, it, it's hard to tell. But it, it just seems like the phenomena to, tends to attract that fringe element. That's right. And there's a lot of overlap. So, you know, we go back to the early days. Before Flying Saucers, you had uh, Mead Lane's Borderland Sciences Research Association. And it was it was very much like, I mean, they were the perfect audience for Fate magazine because they were interested in reincarnation and, and all, the, all the supernatural stuff. And they believe Richard Shaver's stories about the, the Darrow's beneath Earth. And, you know, they, they believed it all. So... Uh, and they had, um, in, in fact, before we had the, the uh, Kenneth Arnold sighting, they had, uh, there was a sighting in 1946 in San Diego, which, you know, some people just say was, um, you know, was probably a meteor or something like that. But, you know, to them, it was a spaceship and uh, a psychic, Mark, Mark Probert, made contact with it. And he, he you know, that's how, the, so there were claims of aliens in a spaceship before the 1947 flying saucer, a year before. Yeah, well, certain, certainly, and the other thing, of course, is that it took certain events for things that had gone on already to become popular with the public. So something like Georgia Damsky happening in 1952 was a big deal, even though what happened to him was not necessarily unique. It's just that it came at the right time, just like Kenneth Arnold's sighting. There were UFOs, obviously, before then, but Arnold came at the right time, got the right level of publicity, etc. The worst thing you can do when you um, talk to... Well, here's an unfortunate event that happens all the time you you recommend recommend a movie an actor musician to someone and they say i've never heard of them as if that's a bad thing instead of like oh i would love to discover this but if it's something new you know, 
and but but think of all the all the remakes of television shows and songs and movies and everything when they repeat the idea because the public is already familiar with it it's been packaged and it fits into things and so maybe the public wasn't ready for ufos until it'd been packaged in science fiction and buck rogers and flash gordon comic strips for decades and you know the movie serials and, you know, they had a framework for it. They might say, oh, well, you know, think that it's silly, but they had seen, you know, they had some familiarity with that idea of, you know, even Superman was a strange traveler from another planet. And so the, these concepts were introduced by entertainment and it, it laid the groundwork for a slow acceptance of, of the possibility of, of, of alien life and extraordinary vehicles and everything else. Well, you know, Superman was the classic undocumented immigrant. <laughs> That's right. And think about it here. Here's a guy or a little boy, baby, lands in a field on a farm in Smallville, Kansas. And they take him as their son. So where's his birth certificate? Where's the proof of where he came from? Did they falsify it? What? That's, yeah, that's, that's the way it happened, you know. In, in one version of the story, he's, um, he's uh, turned over to an orphanage, and they just don't know where he came from, and the Kents adopt him. And in, in one of the, at least one of the television ver- versions, the, um, they, they pretend that he's the natural born son of, of Martha Kent. So, but yes, and either way, there's some fibbing going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the uh, Silver Age comics of, of Superman, after the Kents uh, find him, they then leave him on the doorstep of the orphanage, intending to come back later and adopting legally. But the Superman comic strip has a lot of your classic elements. You have a uh, uh, extraterrestrial advanced civilization and you know you don't you know, Superman doesn't bring much of that here just the fact you know due to the nature of his of his body he has superpowers here but you know they had they had spaceships to some degree and you know, all this huge uh, structures and you know it was fantastic Buck Rogers kind of city that they had um, and uh, and happened to be a nice guy he was a benevolent uh human being you know or at least looked like a human being and uh so he was like a super version of what uh george adamski later had you know where we had a, a benevolent uh alien from space and he wanted to instead of physically saving us his method of salvation was to educate us about the evils of uh, atomic power and, and warfare and you know, lead us to a more peaceful united world of course he was clad to with long hair and without the stick without saying look if you earthlings don't get your acts together we're going to take you out that's right. Yeah, you know, a lot of people when they uh, the the day of the earth stood still when they think about that movie, they they kind of forget about the the threat a little bit. But it was definitely there. It's like you know, we're a danger to ourselves and to space and everyone. Yeah, if Adamski had uh, gone and described Orthon as having a uh, uh, a cape. <laughs> Yeah, things may have turned out a little bit differently for him. 
Or if saying that he came with the killer robot. <laughs> Just think about that. He comes with the killer robot, and that really gets things crazy. The other thing about the day the Earth stood still, and I haven't seen it in years, they really don't address whether Klaatu was really a human or he had another shape. You see what I mean? He masqueraded as a human being. You know, the original story that was based on was so different because it was called Farewell to the Master. And the, the, the whole the stinger at the end of the story was that the human, Klaatu, was the servant and the robot was really the master. And it was his race that was coming to visit. Uh, so, you know, the movie, that was that was a little too much. It was, you know, easier to just have him be, a, you know, robot assistant. Well, of course, it's symbolic that you take a story, and this was a short story, and you make a film of it, or a long story, as a matter of fact, and once Hollywood gets a hold of it, it doesn't always come out nicely. This case, they got a pretty good film. We've got Tim and Gene and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. 
Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I did not, however, like the Keanu Reeves version of Dave Ear Stood Still. You know, I always wonder here why I understand work sometimes why they have to remake a TV show or a movie. Now, for example, we had this TV series, what, in the 80s and 90s, Matlock, where Andy Griffith plays this old lawyer who keeps trying cases. So now a guy named Eric Christian Olson, who plays Deeks in the TV show NCIS Los Angeles, which is ending this year, he has become a producer, and he's going to produce a modern version of Matlock. But Matlock will not be a guy, he'll be a woman. Kathy Bates. I just think of of her as this lawyer trying to be a female Andy Griffith, and I think, wait a minute, we're in trouble now. Oh, that's terrible. So, you know, Andy Griffith's personality is what sold the Matlock show. And Kathy Bates has got plenty of personality. They should present her as a new character. It's odd, that's awful. And, you know, if they do make remakes, why don't they remake some stuff that had promised but had bad actors and crummy special effects you know, instead of these classic movies? You know, and put, you know, really put some you can jazz that up and you, you don't even have to change the story except to tune it to modern sensibilities. The only problem when they do that anymore is that they put all their emphasis on the special effects and just let the uh, the script and character development slide. You know, thinking that nobody wants to see that, they want to th- see things blow up. True. That's sad. There are very few science fiction films that have handled extraterrestrial encounters very intelligently. You know, they often, it, it's, it's like your bad bug-eyed monsters from the 20s and 30s science fiction, which was cliched at the time. We're still 
kind of stuck with that. There have been been some exceptions. The the movie The Arrival was was pretty interesting. Had had, had uh, you know gave some thought into it. You had you know a different set of interactions between the humans and the aliens, and that was challenging. You know I think if uh, if they drop in, unless they've spent centuries monitoring us, the the communication and you know may not go that smoothly. Well, you mentioned here the movie The Arrival. There was a movie called The Arrival that had aliens with backwards feet, as I recall. And then they had Arrival, which is the one where Amy Adams plays a linguist, and the creatures are what they call heptopods. And they communicate through time. Yeah, it was interesting. It was there was so much uh, abstract in that, you know. They had these circular forms and everything, and it was amazing that that code was ever ever cracked. I thought that was that was pretty interesting. I, you know, I prefer my movies a little more direct, but it was you know I did appreciate them uh, using a challenging approach on on the topic. And speaking of challenging, there's some some people that are still scratching their head over. Um, 2001 and you know that that's very much a a ufo movie it's it's, there's some kind of a a abstraction in that but you know the whole thing is about the the influence of aliens on mankind is the underlying theme in it and the fact they don't spell it out you know makes it seem so much more mysterious i'm sorry dave but i can't do that yeah, and that was that was uh, the the computer interaction with Hal was some of the most memorable scenes in the movie. But and it was almost like a it was almost like a divergence of the plot. But it did have to do with uh, the evolution of intellect and that sort of thing. A little over my head, but I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I wonder about here when we think about interactions with aliens, if they want to communicate with us. Wouldn't they make the effort to make themselves understandable? Kind of like in the movie Contact, where the alien appears in the form of Jodie Foster's father and says, we're doing this because you couldn't accept our true appearance. Or was that just a dream or hallucination? Whatever it is, the point made sense. If they're going to come here, make the effort, the huge effort to come as far as they're coming wouldn't they make an effort to learn how we communicate if they truly want to communicate with us? So, uh, Tim, did on uh, two thousand one, what were your impressions of, of the film, and you know, what did you take away from it? Well, I saw it when it originally came out, so I was pretty young, and I have to admit that you know, while I enjoyed it, the plot elements left me baffled. But you know, later, uh, you know, when I watched it again, I was uh, older, and then you know, I understood what was going on. Uh, but you know, the point I think that you know could apply really to you know some of the situations that we may be dealing with, if you believe in the you know possibility of extraterrestrials and their intervention, is that you know whatever. The intelligence was that was in 2001. They were playing the long game, the really long game, and and you know they, uh, you know, our our ev- you know evolution over the millions of years just a, a blink in their eye, and uh, you know what Gene was saying earlier about making the effort to communicate with us. 
that may be really kind of a moot point if we're dealing with something that you know could be even outside of of what we would refer to as as space time and you know they don't have to communicate with us because they're working that long game yeah there were seemingly immortal possibly even an energy form so and the 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 fact that they put the uh the physical object of the monolith to uh and you know apparently that triggered the evolution of the apes into man and and then at the end of the film apparently the evolution into something else so you know maybe maybe something closer to their form um but it's the star child Mm mm-hmm they uh, kind of adapt that in the Stargate SG-1 show, where someone ascends, like the ancients, to a race of beings that are pure energy. If you're pure energy, you can leave your spaceships behind. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, going, going back to some of the, the, uh, the, the pre-Saucer days, so the, the people the, that uh, Madame Blavatsky and Theosophy they believed that there were these uh, beings on other planets that traveled to Earth and influenced us the, by spiritual means, uh, you know. But they were basically precursor to the uh, Damsky alien of coming here and and guiding mankind. And there's some people believe that the story just got a makeover, and instead of the spiritual means of travel, you know, the the bodiless whatever it was that you know you put a hot rod a flying saucer in it and that was the means of of, of travel that you know it was basically the same plot with a with a gimmick we've got more gimmicks coming or not so gimmicky with tim and kurt and gene you're in the paracast for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Thank you. 
USA News Update. Former U.S. President Jimmy Carter beginning receiving hospice care at his home in Georgia after a series of short hospital stays. The former president decided to spend his remaining time at home with his family instead of additional medical intervention. Five former Memphis police officers charged in the death of Tyree Nichols have pled not guilty. One by one, through their attorneys, the defendants entered their pleas. Not guilty. Nichols' mother, Ravon Wells, who attended the court proceeding, spoke afterward. I feel very numb right now. I feel very numb. Wells said she will be in court every step of the way because... I want each and every one of those police officers to be able to look me in the face. During Friday's hearing, the judge said the defendants are entitled to a fair trial and asked for patience as the cases proceed. I'm John Schaefer. Corey Myers, USA News. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, they come aliens with a shtick to put a show. I kind of think sometimes when we look at UFOs, whatever it is, they're putting on a show for our benefit. A lot of people have, have felt that, that it was a performance. Some some UFO events, the the uh, Rendlesham Bentwaters case, if I'm sure most people are familiar with that, felt like that was that was a performance that was being put on. You look at a lot of the classic encounters, uh, on roadways at night, you know, the UFOs could be anywhere. Why are they over the road for the witnesses to see and stop their car and look at? So there does seem to be something of a 
performance. We're talking about hoaxes earlier. One thing, one thing about, and the performance reminded me of that. It's very difficult to take a picture of a flying object. You know, if you want to spot a phony UFO picture, look at one that's perfectly framed, because UFOs don't really. They may they may come where people can see, but they don't stop and pose. So, watch out for those. That could be a clue they're a phony. <laughs> I see these uh, these UFO videos that obviously you know are CGI. Uh, it's amazing what people can do with just their home computers, you know, with uh, some of these videos. But to to me, it's always a giveaway when you've got the object. It's you know it's it's. Uh, being kept perfectly centered in the screen as it moves across the sky, and then suddenly it just you know shoots away with a flash of light. And as soon as they do that, I'm just like, ah, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they have one plot, and you just described it. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it exactly. <laughs> Uh, but there, you know, there are. I mean, you know, you see these videos, and it's just like, boy, how many B movie producers, like say Roger Corman, would have loved to have had access to some of these uh, uh, basically cheap special effects that looks look so good. Nowadays, you can buy a desktop computer and have it do cinema quality special effects. And I have an example here, the TV show Superman and Lois, which features an older Lois Lane Superman married for 20 years, parents of two teenage boys, one of whom has superpowers. The special effects on that and the framing and the cinematography are very much in the movie range. Of course, they're spending only $5 million per episode, not 500 but still. It's interesting how the that so many things you know of you know we mentioned superman being an alien how how much of the ufo um lore is accepted in hollywood and there's no explanation necessary people you know you don't go back and explain the planet they came from you just say aliens and spaceships and you know everyone gets it you know backstory is really required um you were talking about a performance and putting on a show. You know, what if aliens do have a sense of humor? And, and it reminds me, um, in, an, in an otherwise non-alien movie, Back to the Future. Do you remember the act that uh, that Marty puts puts on to fool his uh, father back in time? Anybody? Hey, he puts on like a what is it, like a Darth Vader helmet, yeah, and appears in his dad's bedroom. He puts the Walkman on his ears and and blasts some some loud music as if it were a you know alien torture device and yeah I think he even says he's Darth Vader and so he he uh, influence you know uses his father's belief in space and aliens to uh, I, I can't even remember what he's trying to convince him of but you know so he hoaxes a space encounter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, you were talking about uh, uh, how a lot of these sightings do seem to have almost like a you know performance aspect to it. I mean, but you see that with other forms of you know paranormal phenomena. I mean, you know, how many people have claimed that they've seen Bigfoot running across the road, you know, in front of their car? Same thing with the the UFOs landing. 
you know, in the road in front of their car. I mean, you, you know, you've got miles and miles of empty road and the UFO or Bigfoot or, 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 you know, hitchhiking lady just happens to appear in this one, you know, little tiny area where your car is. So, you know, I, I wonder about so many of these, these paranormal experiences because, um, it could be that whatever whatever's in the skies is UFOs, that a certain portion of those are very akin to a religious apparition or, you know, whatever that experience is. And, you know, some of these people, um, uh, UFO historian Jerry Clark talks about these experiential encounters. And I guess this is part of that that thing where whatever's happening it's a it's a personal experience not necessarily a physical one and some people are seeing saints or the virgin mary and some are getting bigfoot and you know some are getting fairies and things like that so you know whatever that is i think the human mind is a receiver for that sort of experience and you know i personally think that's apart from some of these other you know that it's not being recorded on radar and gun cameras and things like that. There, there are certainly UFOs that are tangible, but some of these experiences, particularly the the being encounters, I think are are, are maybe something something else, some sort of mental experience. The children who um, had the, uh, uh, the 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 phantoma uh, experience. Who claimed to have uh, uh, witnessed the Virgin Mary? The initial experiences, the figure was not described as looking like the Virgin Mary. Uh, it it looked like a woman wearing a long coat and with a kind of like a a, a, a furry hat on. And drawings that were made at the time, she looks kind of like some of the um, contactee types of, of, of beings. And it wasn't until later when people were insistent to these kids that they had to have had a religious experience that the figures started to look more like the traditional, you know, Virgin Mary, you know, with the long uh, headdress and things like that. And as I recall, that description uh, was of a very tiny woman. Yes. Um, so you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't an adult size. I don't know if it was two or three feet, something like that. Yeah, she was. It, it wasn't very tall, but then again, I mean, this was something that was kind of like you know, floating in the air in front of them. But they they did say that she looked just a little bit taller than they were. And I mean, you know, they were like what, like ten, eleven years old, something like that. I think the youngest was maybe you know seven or eight. Yeah, well, so it's a very important point in the story to to that the witness testimony got repackaged for mass consumption as you know for this particular story the audience was the believers in the Catholic Church and so things got rewritten to suit their uh, expectations. Well, and that's that's something that I've written about quite a bit is the repackaging <laughs> you know of these sightings and you know uh, experiences throughout history you know because you have people at one point you know they 
believed in you know demons and angels and and uh, uh, religious figures and and that's what they see and you know uh, nowadays if somebody who may not have a religious bent to them would have a similar experience what would their interpretation be? Would it be, you know, along those lines or based on their pop culture references? Before we get on, we've got Kurt Collins and Gene Steinberg and Tim Swartz. A special roundtable on the world of UFOs and related stuff. More to come. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay.
Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie Guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. We continue with our special roundtable discussion starting about all the current UFO, UAP, whatever, scuttlebutt, and then getting into other subjects, trying to get into some reality, because it doesn't look like very much is happening with the current stuff. We have, for example, the short speech from President Biden Oh, it's just balloons, and maybe it's recreational or something like that. It's not important, but we shot it down. I mean, if my balloon was shot down, I'd be suing. (laughs) I saw a few good jokes about that. One was, uh, you know, all balloon rides are canceled, you know, (laughs) until further notice. So, uh, well, you know, it's. uh, This also, it makes me think of, now it's been, gosh, 10 years ago maybe, when uh, there was a UFO sighted over Kentucky, and uh, this this one guy had a a fairly nice telescope, and he was able to image this object and take, you know, several good pictures of it, and this thing was, was high up too, like, you know, probably like the Chinese balloon, about 60,000 feet up, and it resembled like three cylinders together. There was like a, you know, like a big cylinder and then two smaller ones on its side. And the explanation later came out was that it was the Google balloon, which uh, Google was apparently uh, or allegedly experimenting with uh, having Internet service delivered by, you know, like a high-flying balloon. The only rub is is that it didn't look anything like the Google balloon, and Google came out and says, not ours. We weren't flying a balloon over in that area, but that explanation has stuck. And if you, you know, find this story, that's the explanation that's still attached to it. Google balloon. Google is doing things. Not with balloons. They're building out a fiber network now for Google Fiber, ISP to replace your local cable company. And as a matter of fact, right here in Arizona, they're already starting to dig in one of the medium-sized cities, Mesa, Arizona. So I guess people who live in Mesa will eventually be able to get Google Fiber. Not on a balloon, though. But not by a balloon. Yeah, there's an amazing amount of, of stuff in the skies, commercial and private drones flying. And, of course, there's all these satellites, and you have all, all the these, um, oh, gosh, what is 
what's the Elon Musk thing? Starlink satellites Starlink, yeah. that are constantly being spotted and photographed and mistaken for UFOs. And these are all at, at high altitude, and you know, the, no one's getting a close encounter from that. So, you know, you can almost safely dismiss any light in the sky UFO. You know, that that's just so often it's just aircraft or some balloon with a light or. Or and there was something around Christmas time where there was these pulsating lights that, that turned out to be a Christmas light display from someone's house. It wasn't even a commercial display, and that caused a, a big flap. Ben Hansen got involved in promoting that, and then you know, they found the person, the house, they admitted it was theirs, and it matched the sequence of what was in the video and everything. So something like that can have an effect. I mean, it, you put in video and, and where it's... You know, you don't have the dimensional aspect of things. Of course, even in even a photograph, a shadow can look like it has substance. So that's all very confusing. You just have a lot to contend with, and there's a lot to confuse the public. So I think we really need to focus on the more substantial cases, you know, where there's instrumentation or a witness description of something that's close enough that there's some detail to it. Forget these photos of lens flares and all this, this uh, you know, a blink, distant blinking light. Well, there, there was an interesting uh, uh, video that, that came out. Uh, I, th- I think this one was around Christmas as well over Las Vegas, where uh, several different sources uh, uh, videoed these these lights that were right over the center of, of, of the city, just just slightly above the cloud layer, but still enough that you could see the lights. And there were you know like searchlights from other places that were playing over them, and and then later the explanation was is that it was a publicity stunt, but you know, and a casino opening, yes. You know, the explanation came out that it was a publicity stunt, but nobody came forward to say just exactly what the publicity stunt was for. You know, opening of a new casino, you know, what have you. It frustrates me a lot of times with these stories when, you know, the explanation seems to be mundane, but then there's no follow-through on what that mundane explanation is. Publicity stunt, and that's it. That's not going to do it for me. It would be interesting to know how many hoaxed explanations there have been. There have been, there have been a few people that, that have stepped forward. There was even one uh, person that claimed to be responsible for the Flatwoods monster. That's a pretty famous case. Said that that you know I can't even remember how he said that they had faked that. But and uh, the thing was, he offered no no substance to to back it up. You know, just basically said, "I did it. That was me, and that that was it." You know, so that that confession just wasn't very convincing. You know, um, and you know, some some skeptics will too easily accept a explanation offered by the military that oh, we had a plane in the area. Well, the, you know, there was something in the sky. They said it was there, so that's what people thought was a UFO. But, you know, it's just so seldom we actually have enough good information to prove something one way or the other. And when you have people that are deliberately issuing bad information, 
say, like your Richard Doty type people, it, it makes things all the harder to sort the truth out. Speaking of Richard Doty, I haven't heard from him in a long time, not much after he was on the Paracast a few years ago. What is he doing now? He... Are you familiar with the Gaia Network? They have all sorts of uh, paranormal shows and some on ufologists and, you know, mostly, in my opinion, low quality and very fringy. And uh, I'm not sure if he has a regular show, but Richard Doty is, is, has done programs for them. Uh, so uh, anyway, I think it's a perfect place for him because I can ignore it all. <laughs> well, if you're on a network and nobody cares about, there you go. <laughs> no, but it's amazing that there there are still people who are willing to listen to him and to accept what he's saying. Well, yeah, okay. Well, going back to our discussion about NICAP, and they were they were suspicious because of the government connections. And in here, in the case of Doty, yeah, he did work for the government, and he's even admitting to spreading misinformation, disinformation, and yet. Why is he given a platform and interviewed on, on shows and conferences and used as an expert in these TV specials? It just it, it just can't. I mean, well, we didn't have him on the Paracast, as you know, but we didn't think of him as some kind of wandering expert. We thought of him as a former disinfo agent who would possibly still doing disinformation interesting character that we wanted to learn more about. Don't know if we learned much more except that he has a good spiel, such as it is. He tells it well, and that's about it. Well, sure, he was featured in the movie Mirage Men for the same reason. You know, you're basically examining this suspect. But that's not how these shows are doing. He's he's called as a an in government insider, and he has access to the secret knowledge, and he tells all these bogus things about the Cash Landrum case, and the Serpo program, and you know, all these other you know fables and un material speculative at best, and more likely fictitious. So you know, I, I just don't think he should be glorified. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, but the thing about him is, is that um, he tells a good story. He's charming. Um, you know, he, 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 he cracks a good joke. I mean, he, he comes across, and I suppose that's his training, as just, you know, just being this, you know, this every guy. Uh, got this, you know, got got this all this great information, and it's 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 time it needs to get out there, and I'm the guy to do it. <laughs> oh boy, we don't. I don't think that ufology shouldn't be so desperate that you need good storytellers to keep things interesting. Um, yeah. On the other hand, you know, so I have some fondness for Gray Barker and Jim Mosley and some of the things they did, but I think that was purely in the realm of entertainment, and it wasn't. It wasn't clouding. Um, government investigations. Hey, we've got more to come with Tim and Gene and Kurt. You're in the Pericast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? Every day we're thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. You can trust My Patriot Supply. Our emergency food kits come packed with tasty meals, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to government food lines. Time is running out. Become ungovernable. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save on dozens of different emergency food kits while you can. These kits are in stock, ship fast, and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. In the old days, Jim Mosley would tell me they do that stuff when interest in UFOs is waning. So they keep the saucer discussion going. They add a hoax here and there. That's what they or used a, to do. Or a controversy. Mm-hmm. Lots of personality controversies to keep things interesting. Well, we didn't cause the one with Richard Hall. He caused that himself. Right. <laughs> I mean, years later, like a decade later, I was over at the 1975 UFO convention in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And I ran to Richard Hall and I said, hello. And he said, hello back. And we talked pleasantly for a few minutes. Water over the dam. No more problems. He was fine. He was cool about it. On the other hand, I ran into the lady who ran APRO. Okay. (laughs) Carl Lorenzen. Now, Jim Lorenzen was a very nice guy. Carl Lorenzen said, oh, you're the guy who 10 years ago, thus and so. And I didn't want to say anything because she was famous in the field. I didn't want to start a fight and everything. But I thought to myself, what's her problem? <laughs> well, I know you've done some shows on the uh, the early days of you as a magazine publisher and, and, and the days when all these saucer clubs and, and magazines were springing up. And, you know, at the same time, I think a lot of them, especially the bigger organizations like APRO, 
they were very territorial mm-hmm. and you know they didn't want anyone horning in on, on their the ground that they had staked they didn't want to share cases and information and things like that and while it's not you know kids in a mimeograph machine we have a lot of people starting these different UFO-related organizations now. You've got everything from the Harvard-sponsored Galileo Project, and there's this one called Enigma Labs that that Alejandro Rojas is associated with and some anonymous people, and UAPX, I, I can't even name them all. And they're all seem to be doing similar things or have similar goals, and I, I just don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of duplication of effort. I think you know what happened to a lot of the magazines. They folded. Jim Mosley bought a bunch of them to boost his circulation. You know, so there was a consolidation in a way, but it wasn't a really controlled and you know necessarily orderly and beneficial transition. Well, Jim Mosley bought out my publication. And then he hired me as his managing editor, for which I received money. So something good came out of it. (laughs) You have to think about it. This is 1965, making $5 an hour, which today is something like $45 or $50 an hour. So if you look at that, here's somebody going to school. Somebody who is, what, 20 years old. The fact that, that Saucer News had an office and employees is, is very interesting. But I wanted, when you mentioned NICAP earlier, you know, what was their office and facilities like? And did they really even need those? They had a small suite of offices off DuPont Circle in Washington, D.C. I saw two of the rooms, kind of a, the main room, and it was very cluttered. And then Richard Hall had this office where the one time I was there before he pointed the finger at me, the previous time, Major Keogh showed up and they talked for a while. Then Keogh left and I said hello to Keogh because, you know, I read his books. Here's this famous guy in the UFO field who in the 50s and 60s got many people interested. The significant thing about where NICAP had its headquarters is if you go to the movie Day the Earth Stood Still, And you have the scene where Klaatu is shot down by the authorities. Very near in the movie where NICAP's headquarters were located in reality. Just a thought. (laughs) That's interesting. So, of course, now so many businesses are done virtually. But even even a lot of the, uh, the old saucer magazines were done out of someone's house or basement or garage or something. And But NICAP had this pretty prestigious address in Washington, D.C., and I, I guess it helped their boost their credibility, but they, they probably must have burned up a lot of dollars on that real estate. Right. It was really in a very strategic location in terms of the presses it had. The point is, however, that it wasn't an expensive office. It didn't look okay. to be an expensive office. It's like... In looking for this particular place, maybe they contacted a realtor and said, hey, find me the cheapest office with a prestigious location, 1536 Connecticut Avenue Northwest. So so Major Wayne Ajo was sometimes confused with Major Donald Kehoe. And I think he courted that confusion, and he created, as best I can tell, it was essentially a one-man organization called the uh, Saucer Intelligence. What was it? Saucer Intelligence. Uh, 
was he arrived at one of Jim Mosley's conferences in New York that he'd have a monthly meeting and Wayne Aho, Aho, whoever Ho was there. And I don't know, I didn't think that much of it, but I figured, well, it was okay. We enjoyed it and everything. But I don't remember the organization too much because I never took him seriously. He wasn't somebody that I thought, hey, uh, this guy is, is big stuff. No, he was, you know, just one of the crazy characters who hung out in this field. But by calling his organization, if it was one, Washington, Saucer, whatever, and major attached, and of course he was a retired army, uh, that got him a lot of press and you know, he, he could claim all sorts of things, and, and and usually reporters didn't pay attention, didn't vet him, and, you know, gave him far more press and, and presented him as being much more credible than he actually was. And he was a huge contrast. You know, we talked about how, how NICAP was so f- focused on the the, the nuts and bolts and, and not about contactees, whereas uh, uh, Aho actually. Aho claimed to have had uh, contact with aliens himself, and he was, and he, and over the years he grad, he went more and more towards the spiritual side of, of things. So he was he was he was fringy, the very opposite of Kehoe. But he was because of that confused with Kehoe. That's right, and it. it it, it, it helped his career. So just like uh, just like uh, if you color your box of detergent like Tide, some people pick it up by mistake. And that's what happened to him. <laughs> well, how many people, though, in the UFO field um, have kind of used that to give themselves a veneer of credibility? You know, maybe they were in the service, you know, or or, or, or whatever. Or you know, look at look at Richard Doty. You know, people like that. Uh, they make him forward and claim that. Oh yeah, you know, I was the the head of the uh, you know the the flying saucer and secret flying saucer investigation bureau in Washington D.C. But you know, have no way to prove it except that yeah, well, the guy was in the military. And that's about it. There's a lot of controversy about uh, about Nick Pope because you know he's he's presented as the UK's Fox Mulder, and well, of course now in the show Fox Mulder really didn't have much going on. He had a little basement office, and in a way, that's maybe what Nick Pope actually was. But you know, he had two years on the job for the MOD that that, uh, and he looked at some UFO reports. But, you know, he wasn't a field investigator and and they didn't really have a UFO program. So uh, but he's built, a a, you know, kind of a franchise on on that little wedge of UFO information. And so. Well, um, Louis Alessandro has taken his position, whatever (laughs) it was, with the (laughs) Pentagon study. And there have been different versions of it. He has converted that into making himself sort of a personality. But you have to think, we know what that program was. We know what happened with that program. What does he bring to us? He doesn't focus on older cases unless he learns of them after the fact. He's just a personality, I guess, who is trying to milk this for something. He may be a perfectly nice guy, but nothing wrong with somebody taking advantage of a possible opportunity, right? 
We have Tim and Kurt and Gene, you're in. The Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call one 877 928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extend A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. 
No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So having made my conversation here, maybe now he'll never come on the Paracast. He hasn't yet. What's your take, guys, on Elizondo? A little bit like Nick Pope? Tim, do you want to? I have to. I have to agree. What Gene was saying is that I. I don't think that I have heard him really say too much about um, older cases. Uh, he's. He talks more about you know all the stuff that you know has happened since I think what two thousand and six. Uh, you know, with 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 the Navy and, and things like that. But as for the actual framework that all of this has been built on, he hasn't said a lot. So how much how much knowledge does he actually have? You know, uh, unless somebody presents it to him first and gives him the chance to, you know, maybe do get onto Google and do a little research. Yeah. Yeah, I, from what I've read, now, you know, early interviews, he said he's not a ufologist. In fact, he, he didn't study UFO history when he was in the office. Uh, he didn't want to prejudice himself. Now, why they would put him in the position when he didn't have this knowledge, I don't know. There's a lot of inflation. I think there's a lot of editing of things to put things in the best light. And, you know, since when he's talked about historical material, it's often been inaccurate or misunderstood so i believe him when he says he didn't study it um (laughs) now he was there when things were happening so maybe he had good working knowledge of the participants the, the the current events and handled the intelligence aspect of it i don't know i mean he's just i just don't think you know he's he's presented as as this important figure and, you know, we'll go down in UFO history, but I just don't think he has the knowledge of it. I think he did a specific role. And in, in, in when he was at a, the conference that the SEU put on, whenever he was asked a technical question, he deferred to uh, Dr. Hal Putoff. So, yeah, it, he, he wasn't definitely wasn't a walking encyclopedia. And but yes, I believe that uh, he's been used as a figurehead and willingly, and you know he's writing a UFO book now. Uh, you know his background and history and experiences and things like that. So I don't know. You know, as a result of his publicity, you know, some positive things have happened, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, I think yeah, a lot of it is is kind of based on. Uh, an inflated myth about the man himself. He gets on TV. Listen, a retired military officer, mid-level kind of guy, not famous, 
did his thing for whatever, 20, 30 years, and becomes a famous personality. Hey, not a bad gig. He's getting retirement pay. You know, maybe he does a lecture, writes a book, makes money. Yeah, I, there, there are very few, I mean, you know, if we have to choose between him and, and Rick Doty, I, I guess I'll pick Elizondo. <laughs> um, but Elizondo it, it, doesn't make up stuff to fool people. He's not a disinformation no. agent. He's more or no. less what, a, an office manager. And, and the things that he said, it's mostly like, you know, it's just teasing about, you know, what's out there and what could be and things like that. So, you know, he's he's um, um, engaged the imagination of a lot of people that way, you know, by, you know, they, they refer to him as dropping breadcrumbs and things like this. Um, but, you know, he's got a, a past that's apparently he had a remote viewing experience, maybe not um sanctioned by the government but he had an interest in it and you know he was he was friends with, with some of the people that were involved in skinwalker ranch and so there's there's some sort of spooky stuff that's different from the way of the scientific pursuit that's that's been portrayed so it'll, it'll be interesting to when his book does come out to just see you know what else he reveals Um, how all of these uh, uh, military types have really glommed on to the uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Um, you know, I mean, uh, when when that first came out, I mean, it was just another kind of friend's story. And yet it seems like now there is, if you listen to these people, there seems to be a lot of interest for whatever reason in the Pentagon and in other intelligence circles with the Skinwalker Ranch. And I haven't quite figured that out yet. Well, don't forget that in the legislation, they consider human effects as among the things they look for. Now, that is something that most people don't think about. They don't think about that. That's what does that mean, human effects? Well, we know what it means if we follow what the Skinwalker Ranch people do. Yeah, so I think some of the some of the language that we've been seeing in that legislation has come from people like, um, you know, maybe indirectly from Hal Putoff. I think Chris Mellon is, has been influential in, in uh, uh, shaping that, that language and including not only the the uh, physiological effects, but uh, recently the uh, the whistleblower protection for people, you know, military witnesses to come forward. So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Arrow does have any teeth, how they follow up on that and what what develops. Of course, being military, we will get probably you know two percent or less of whatever they find out. Well, right now they've turned it all to balloons. <laughs> it's all balloons, so folks. I mean, even if it can make pinpoint turns and out accelerate our best aircraft, it's a balloon. Or it's hot air, whatever you want to think. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hot air. Lots well, of hot air. But the U.S. military's uh, language from the Air Force, as, as far as why they were interested in UFOs, they, it didn't have anything to do with being extraterrestrial from at least their stated purpose. They wanted to avoid surprise, technological surprise and that if there was something, no matter the source, they wanted to capitalize on it and develop the same technology for themselves. 
So that was that was about UFOs, but maybe that explains the interest in the Skinwalker Ranch that somehow they're going to weaponize the paranormal. Is considering that possibility? That's uh, uh, I can't imagine how that would work, uh, and uh, I don't know how you control the genie. So that seems <laughs> pretty dangerous. Well, wasn't that the purpose of remote viewing? I mean, if you can have somebody sit in a room and know what's going on in Russia, in China, in Iran, without endangering someone, sending someone into an uncertain mission to another country where he could be captured or killed. I mean, that's worth it, even if it's not as accurate, the intelligence. But I can see doing that if there was any way or any hope that it was accurate. But then I have the one experience when we had the guest, Daz Smith, on the Paracast years ago, don't know if you guys remember that episode, we had an experiment, and he passed the experiment, and then got into a flame war in our forums, and bye-bye. We've got more to come. We're not going bye-bye yet with Gene, Tim, and Kurt. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. USA News Update. Former U.S. President Jimmy Carter will begin receiving hospice care at his home in Georgia. Former President Jimmy Carter is going to be receiving hospice care at his Georgia home. After a series of short hospital stays, the former president has decided to spend his remaining time at home with his family. A statement from his foundation went on to say that Carter will receive hospice care instead of any additional medical intervention. The Carter family is asking for privacy at this time. I'm John Schaefer. North Korea confirming the missile tests yesterday were meant to boost the country's fatal nuclear attack capacity against its rivals. Many students at Michigan State not ready for moves to return to in-person classes a week after the deadly shooting on campus. They are lobbying for hybrid classes or a chance to attend remotely. Corey Myers, USA News. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. 
Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your air. Airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802-341-4535. That's 802-341-4535. This is Jacques Vallée, you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So guys, what's your take on remote viewing? Oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I've, I've, I've read the stories of the alleged successes. There's some that are definitely unexplained, but most of them come to us in the way of stories and um you know, it is interesting that the military supported it for so long. But the peculiar side of it is the people that have been were involved in it are connected with the UFO stuff that's going on today. Hal Putoff and Kit Green and uh, Jacques Vallée was a, a supporter of the program and involved in it to some degree. And then later, uh, John Alexander, and they became friends with Robert Bigelow. And there's there's like there's this this backstage cast that has been there for remote viewing and um, this development of, of strange energies and uh, life after death explorations and certain UFOs have been part of it. Uh, so I, I just find it very interesting that, that this broad paranormal interest you know, has the, these players that are interested in it and and influencing uh, now politicians. Uh, the, the same politicians, um, let's see, Stevens, Inouye, and let's see, I think John Glenn was involved at one point, and then later Harry Reid. I don't think Harry Reid was involved with the remote viewing, but the, but the others were involved in, in giving it legislative support. And they were also involved, of course, in the Pentagon UFO study with Senator Reid. Yeah, so it's there's there's these backstage cast of characters that have kept the show going from one aspect to the other. So that anyway, that's my word on remote viewings. Uh, Tim, have you um, 
what have you got to say on it? Oh yeah, well, I mean, this is a subject that I mean, I've I've researched for years and years. I mean, I I remember as as a kid, I had a copy of the book. God, uh, what was it called? Um, was it Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain? And it was uh, some of the material from that book, I think, that is what really prompted uh, some of the people here in the United States to attempt to do the same thing uh, with both the you know military and uh, various uh, in intelligence circles. So, I mean, I've I've read a lot of of like peer-reviewed uh, papers that had been uh, uh, prepared over the years not only from the United States but from other countries as well and it seems to me that there is something going on with it just exactly what it is it's you know it's 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 hard to tell because as we know this kind of phenomena can be um Temperamental, maybe <laughs> picky, uh, hard to pin down uh, at at best. Which then, you know, it's if you can't have something that is uh, replicated in a laboratory time and time again with the, the same effects, then it's basically deemed, you know, either not useful or not applicable or or, or what have you. What have you? But um, you know, it's uh, uh, some of the personal demonstrations that I've seen. You know, I think that there there is something to it. Um, you know, the late uh, uh, Ingo Swan, I think, was probably you know one of the uh, uh, one of the best when it when it came to that. And of course. He became, he was kind of uh, kicking and screaming into the whole UFO issue as well um, when he was tasked to take a look on the far side of the moon to see uh, if there was uh, something there. Apparently, uh, his his handlers already had a, a clue that there was something going on because he was given exact locations to to look at and seemed to confirm what they already knew so you know it's a, a, a interesting yeah, interesting case all around yeah ingo swan was 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 interested in ufos you know at, at the onset of the program another uh brief participant was uh, yuri geller and mm -hmm. you know he even claimed that his uh his psychic powers came from alien visitors. Uh, I don't know if he's eliminated that from his story now, but that was a big part of it back in the in the seventies. So, and I think he's become a lot less reputable over the years. But uh, you know, Ingo Swan, um, you know, his for those people who follow remote viewing, he's he's one of the one of the the key figures, and supposedly he was the most talented and most you know one of the most reliable. Uh, to produce consistent results. And it's interesting, too, that he, like um, Geller, came from a performance background. So that's an, um, you know, you have to wonder, you know, were, how, how, much of, how much of what they did, you know, particularly Geller, was an act. Oh, I I think that Geller definitely used his um, because he would you know he he was a stage magician as well that that he used uh, that aspect uh, for his shows 
when possibly you know good i mean i and i always i always say that i don't believe in anything <laughs> you know but uh, the the things that i've seen uh, yuri do and from my own experience um at a, uh, at a at a spoon bending party that it's a, it's an actual phenomena and with with Geller, I think that uh, as as the great uh, James Randi uh, uh, pointed out, uh, uh, Randi didn't believe in Geller at all. But I think that Geller, if he was doing something and he fi- found that it wasn't working, then he would, you know, turn back to his sleight of hand. Uh, 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 tricks, but uh, um, you know there there are others who have also performed using the Geller effect, as as it's called, that you know seem to be able to bring forth whatever that ability is uh, to various degrees of success. Well, of course, I tell the story every so often of this former girlfriend who said she had a spoon-bending episode when she was watching Geller on TV. So I don't dismiss the possibility that something's going on there. And maybe by being a magician, if the thing doesn't work, he doesn't just say, well, it's not working. He makes it work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he puts himself in, in that position by being a performer. So I wonder, you know, maybe maybe there are some real wizards out there, but they have a bag of flash powder just in case things <laughs> don't show up on time. <laughs> you don't want to be a performer if you're a psychic because you won't be believed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I've seen... Um, people who have been involved with uh, poltergeist experiences, Um, kids especially, where a house will be active. And then once that activity stops, then the kids will go and and nudge it along a little bit with, with their own tricks. But there's, you know, really no doubt that originally there was some odd things going on. But, you know, once that energy wanes, and it does... And then the excitement starts to go away. You know, some of these kids, you know, who've gotten used to that uh, attention, you know, like when people's backs are turned, you know, they'll throw a rock or something. Yeah, it makes you wonder. So, like in a UFO case, if you, you know, how many witnesses, if, if there was no proof, did they, did they go and make some marks in the ground to, to so that people, you know, their story would be taken a little more seriously. You know, they're, they, they ruin the, uh, they run the risk of ruining the whole credibility of, of the things. But, you know, if, if they don't do that, maybe they get no attention whatsoever. You add a few key details, like we'll have some details right now about something. Then with Tim and Kurt and Gene, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. 
With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at, no pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800 932 5140. 800 932 5140. That's 800 932 5140. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Jerome. 
Tom Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So we've got this final segment of the main show with Kurt Collins, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz, a special paranormal roundtable, and then we'll continue with who knows what. You never know what's going to happen next with After the Paracast, which is part of our Paracast Plus streaming service. We didn't call it a streaming service when it started, folks. It's because now streaming is in, sort of. Kind of, sort of, except like Disney and Paramount aren't making money from streaming. So what will they do to get more audiences? No, they're not going to give it away. They're going to charge you more money. In the old days, you had a video library or a bookstore or something like that. You have physical objects, you move them. And if you buy something, it's yours forever. These streaming platforms, the content comes and goes. There's no permanence to it. You know, you're, you're renting the ability to watch something i sort of like the old-fashioned physical objects in that sense because you know if the platform is shifting you lose access to things oh i agree with that to me right now it's frustrating to see some of these major companies basically deleting their shows from their platforms because it's cheaper just to get rid of them So you get rid of them, don't have to pay residuals to the creators or the actors, and is it gone forever? You know, will they sell it to Tubi or someplace like that? I'm with you. I mean, it's 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 nice to uh, to have something that you can clutch in your uh, you know cold little hands. As far as UFO information, there are a lot of uh, a lot of groups that have existed for a while. The the uh, archives for the unexplained in Sweden. My friend Isaac Coy has been championing the scanning and archiving, you know, digital copies of a lot of rare UFO magazines and some books, some uh, papers, and you know, that's available for free for everyone. And, you know, so as long as they're in business, hopefully forever, that'll be uh, be around. You know, the trick there is getting permission and the, the copies to uh, permission uh, to, to upload and share. You know, most of the the older material, the, there's no more value to the creators or the publishers involved. So most of them have been happy to share. But there are some people like, well, say like the MUFON organization, they main control over all of their old uh, MUFON UFO journals and publications and symposium booklets and things. So and I don't even know that they have a way to make them available to their membership. So. Mm. But I would like to see a lot, a lot of that information, not only shared but uh, used and appreciated, because there's, there's a lot of. In our conversation, we said over and over about different events and how similar they are to things that have happened before. And you need that sense of history to know, you know, what's going on, and you know, is this, is this, an, you know, like hopefully we won't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> People like to get fooled, though, it seems like, because I'm constantly seeing people going off and uh, about some uh, older case that was long ago proved to be a hoax, yet they've just discovered it. So now that's the big thing. Oh, look at this. This is, you know, this is this is great. And they haven't done the the proper, you know, vetting to distinguish it, you know, from uh, a reality. Oh, well, there's there's 
a, probably a large segment of people that, that have always approached the UFO and paranormal topic as entertainment. And it's, mm. you know, it's, it's a you know, spooky story for them. And that's what they're getting out of it. And I, I guess that's okay, but I just don't want that to, uh, be the end of it you know I, I want serious researchers to can continue to work on things to try to find some reality to all this and you know but you know there's there's a there's a place for everyone at the table i suppose but you know be careful who's driving the bus i guess <laughs> <laughs> well okay now you make a good point there uh, uh kurt about you know people just you know wanting to, a lot of them to tell you know just a, a entertaining spooky story but that aspect i think has really played a major role in um in in moving the ufo phenomena Throughout the years, uh, moving interest, you know, in it, you go all the way back to say, you know, people like uh, Ray Palmer, you know, with uh, with his various magazines, and then you know, Gray Barker and and, and Mosley. I mean, a lot of the stuff that uh, that they pushed were not probably the most reputable of, of information, yet it kept it kept it going. It's it's kept it going. It's helped keep it going through the years, and uh, then it's up to the you know more responsible people, I think, to to to, to pick up the ball and 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 to carry it further. Well, certainly Ray Palmer was expert at hmm. finding a trend and making hay out of it. That was the Shaver mystery, of course, and then the arrival of Flying Saucers and Fate magazine. But by the 60s and 70s, he was on kind of the wane. He was fading out. I remember in his latter years, now I've been criticized for it, for asking for donations from people from time to time. He was basically saying, buy my stuff because I need the money. But I have to tell you, I saw Ray Palmer's home. This huge home, single story, with a big picture window overlooking a river. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know much about his finances, but he had, if you go back and look at the, uh, their, his magazines, quite a few of them are online, you see that he, he sold uh, dandruff powder and <laughs> chili recipes, and he published books, and, you know, he, he had all the, and, and I think he actually, uh, sold um, books published by other people, too, you know, where he was like a broker. Uh, he had a lot of things going on in, in several publications. So I, I don't know how, how lucrative, you know, any one of them was, but he had a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, you also look at somebody like, you know, uh, our, our late friend uh, uh, Tim Beckley. Now, I mean, there's, there's no way that every piece of material that that he produced and put out there um that you could say was uh, legitimate you know i mean he 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 did a lot of stuff purely for the entertainment value and he also knew he had an audience who'd buy yep. those books but if you talk to him he'd say yeah this is what they are but he had a serious real serious interest in the subject hey kurt collins we're running towards the end of this thing for those who want to know all the good stuff you do, where do they go? BlueBoryLines.com. And for more historical cases, 
uh, and the quirky backstory behind a lot of cases. Look for the saucers that time forgot. Jim Swartz, where are you to be found? <laughs> well, you can find me here at my home in my office. Oh, no way. You can find all of my books on Amazon.com. Just type in the name Tim R. Swartz, and they'll all come tumbling out for your reading enjoyment. You can also find them at your favorite local bookstore. Please patronize your favorite local bookstore. They need your help and money. And uh, my website is conspiracyjournal.com. All the weird news and information that they don't want you to know. And some day we will introduce they on the show. Not them, which was the insect movie from the 50s. They, not them. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the PowerCast. And as we say, you never know with Elon Musk in charge where that's going to turn up. We also have a couple of areas on Facebook where you can check us out. We also have the PowerCast shop at theparacast.shop where we merchandise with our logos and T-shirts and all that good stuff. And then there's the streaming service, the Paracast Plus, at theparacast.plus for sign-up info. We offer this show free of the network ads, better quality audio, and we also give you the After the Paracast podcast where you never know what's going to happen next. And when you get people like Alan Greenfield was on last week, sometimes he says things that aren't accepted on terrestrial radio or any radio with Alan, of course but seriously the Plus, use the coupon code ufo20 ufo20 for a 20 percent discount on lifetime and five-year subscriptions hey kurt hey there tim thank you both for joining us this week on the paracast oh much fun thanks always a pleasure talking with kurt Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.